Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane. My company is Voice Matters. I am here, as always, with my wonderful friend, Karen Swim. She leads us all at Solo PR Pro. How are you doing today, Karen? I'm doing great. A little sleep deprived, but great, Michelle. How are you? Same, same. I think mm-hmm. our creatures have been having uh, nocturnal adventures and yeah. we get to go along for the ride. So, you know, all in all, can't complain, can't complain, but I'm I'm glad that this day is already halfway over. So that's oh, good. Got my really eyes. Pretend. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know what? We're solos. We could, we could call it a day as soon as we're done here. Exactly. You know, that's the beauty of it. That's <laughs> the beauty of it. But as solos, you know, we are always in business development mode, or we always should be. So we're going to talk about agency partnerships and how to go about that, when that, you know, might be a good thing for you to pursue. And, you know, we were inspired by some recent talk in the Solo PR Pro Facebook group and also by a guest blog by Marin Minchu. Uh, she'd written this for us recently at soloprpro.com, just kind of the lay of the land and her experience. So we're going to talk about all of that in the next uh, 20 minutes or so. So come along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm what was surprising to me about a lot of the questions and conversations around partnering with agencies, I've been doing this pretty much since the beginning. So I'm so used to it. And then my own agency is really a product of strategic partnerships with other solos. And so I don't think about some of the nuances that may be you know, I I just don't think about it anymore because it seems so second nature, but there are a lot of questions about how to do it, how to choose the right partnership, about how you price. And so I thought, you know, we both talked about this and thought it would be a great idea to address it because there is no better time than now to grow your business through strategic partnerships. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, there's a lot of there's some overlap with the way you scope out clients and decide how to work with them. But, you know, it's, it's really key to make sure above all else, you know, first of all, that it's a relationship that you think will be beneficial to both of you. You know, as far as even work style expectations, I think in this business as a whole, you don't want to just presume anything. Um, yeah. You know, as far as you know, I've, I've done it as well. I've, I've done some mostly copywriting work, you know, where it's with another agency and I'll come on, you know, as part of their team. And yeah, it's like, okay, well, what's your timetable? What are your deadlines? How do you work? And it's okay to have that conversation. In fact, it's essential to have that conversation. You know, we're all professionals here. So just lay it all out. Make sure it's a good fit before you get started because there's nothing worse than feeling like you're stuck in a situation where it's just not right for you or maybe it's not a good fit even as far as skill set. That's just, you, you want to, you know, do your best to avoid that. Yeah. I think you said something that is so critical in terms of vetting an agency relationship in the same way that you would vet a client relationship. I feel like one of the big misconceptions is that many solos feel as though the agency is in a position of power and they feel as though they are at a disadvantage and must accept things like a lower bill rate or Mm -hmm. just being treating that 
agency as though that agency is an employer. That's a big mistake. You really need to treat this like every other client because they are a client. They're a client that's hiring you to support them in their work. And so you should always consider yourself to be on an, in an equitable relationship that just because they're a larger firm does not mean that they are hold the power over your business. It's still your business. And so negotiate from that point. I'm always shocked when people are like, well, do I charge my regular rate? Of, of course you do because right. you're a business owner. And, and I think people get confused because they think about some business to business relationship. So if you're, you know, if you're a restaurant then you're buying your food at a different price and then you're selling it for a higher price, but that vendor that's selling to the restaurant is not selling themselves into poverty. They have a price point. This is the price that they sell at to those restaurants. Restaurants have a price point and they sell to their customers at their price point. And I think we miss that. We somehow feel this obligation that if we didn't win the business on our own and we're just working on the account, that somehow that means that we must reduce our rates. And that's simply not true. It's really not true. You charge what you charge. What right. you can negotiate, if necessary, is the scope of work. And I can't say this enough because I am so completely passionate about solos having their very best business. And if I have to say this every day for the rest of my life until every solo gets it, I will. You have value. Yeah. And as Chip is saying in the chat, and, and Chip's somebody yeah. that knows agencies better than anyone else out there. The agency is coming to you because they need you. You have a skill set, you have expertise that they need. If they could do it without you, they would. So they're choosing you. And so you do need to ask all of these questions and you need to hold firm on how you work. You need to understand that you are not an employee of an agency. First of all, that's completely against the independent contractor regulations and laws, and you can get everybody in trouble, not only the agency, but the clients that you work on. So you're not your employee, you're a business owner, and it's a business relationship. Exactly. And, you know, I can't say that enough, you know, as far as holding firm to your price, because, you know, like you said, you're an agency on equal footing as well. And, you know, whether it's whether they need your help because of your skill set, I mean, your skill set clearly is why all the time, or even if it's because they just don't have the bandwidth, you know, and they need to grow their team to accommodate their workload. Your time is your time is your time. And I know we, we say this all the time, especially in the group, because not just to, because it's true, but I think we all like to remind each other. And it's good to hear that because sometimes you can, you know, talk yourself out of things that maybe you shouldn't, like getting your rate, because your expertise is definitely worth it. And I also love what Chip Griffin has said here in our comments, as we're live on YouTube of, you know, the solo's job is not to subsidize the agency's pricing and profit margin. Absolutely. It is not. No, I, I it love is not. I love your example about the wholesale food purveyor. Because right, our first instinct is to think, oh, it's cheap. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. Because they too are in business. So, you know, we are, we all need to make, you know, what we're due. We all need to make a living. So, 
don't be afraid to price that way. And, you know, how many times has it happened where we have had angst over, oh, should I charge this much? I don't know. I'm afraid. And then you you're, you get angry at yourself on the other side because you send it out and the reply will be, great, thanks. Let's do it. And you think, oh, I cannot believe I spent all that energy and time, yeah. you know, just talking myself out of this. And I love what Chip said. If you underprice yourself, you may be busy, but you won't be happy. Wiser words have never been spoken because it's Mm -hmm. true. If you're a solo PR pro member and have not yet read the Show Me the Money series, I encourage you to read it because that advice is there. When solos find themselves so busy that they can't take on work, it's a good, it's one, one of the clearest indicators that you're not charging enough money. I promise you, we have so much, we could back this up with historical data, but it is true. And usually when I have conversations with solos and it's around, you know, pricing, I always tell them without even knowing their rates, you're not charging enough, raise your rates. I've never been wrong in 10 years. I have not one single time been wrong because people typically just don't charge enough money. They really do undervalue their services. And Don't be afraid to have a rate that everybody gets charged the same rate. When I'm working with contractors, I just ask them for the rate. Mm -hmm. So I have a budget, obviously. And if your rate fits into the budget with the scope of work, great. If it doesn't, I'm going to tell you, hey, we don't have the budget for you, but I'll keep you in mind. Mm -hmm. But if it works out, then... I'm going to incorporate you. And as Chip said, it's not your job to figure out my profit margins. That's my job, which is why I don't spend more than I can really afford to spend. I make sure that I have a certain margin on an account. Some other things, though, that people should really be aware of is knowing the difference between entering into a subcontractor relationship with an agency and actually entering into a partnership. They are very different things. Yes. Don't fool yourself into believing that a sub, as a subcontractor, you are a partner, nor should you be acting as a partner. A partnership is very, very different. And I would absolutely say that in addition to you know checking all the boxes and doing your due diligence on the agency and types of clients that they take that you definitely want to get an attorney involved mm-hmm. do not enter into a partnership without legal counsel that's really important because that means that partnership implies that there's not just a sharing of work it could mean a sharing of work two ways so that you may have responsibilities to bring on a certain amount of the business you may be sharing in some of the expenses, and it could definitely impact how you're paid. As a subcontractor, be aware that one of the things that I absolutely recommend that you do is make sure that your contract very specifically lays out payment terms. Because I've heard far too often of agencies that will tie your payment to when they're paid. Mm-hmm. Some people agree with that. Sometimes people have long-term relationships with people and they're like, I will take the risk with you because we do a lot of business together and I get it. But if you decide to take that risk, know that you're taking that risk. My preference and the way that I work is that doesn't matter when I get paid from clients. I just make sure that I always have budget to pay people what I owe them, period. Just it it doesn't matter. And sometimes that does mean that I'm not really getting reimbursed for clients Sometimes for 60 days and I've had clients lose invoices and I'm owed so much money, but I have money to pay my contractors 
throughout that whole thing. So they never know about it because it's not mm-hmm. their problem. That's my problem. Mm-hmm. That's my business. And I really advocate for that because I honestly think it's unfair to essentially hire people, enter into an agreement for them to do the work and then hold them hostage to payment terms that you agree to. They didn't agree to those payment terms. That's not their client. You're their client. So I would for sure, you know, make sure that that's clearly spelled out and that you talk to the agency about that. Like, hey, listen, I understand that your invoices are rolling, but when I do the work, I need to be paid. So let's agree on the invoicing terms. And if there's, you know, ever a problem with a client where they're paying late, I hope that you'll make me aware of it in advance so that we can decide together how you want to handle that. Because, you know, sometimes that means a stop work situation. Right. You're 100% right. And, you know, oftentimes you're just so excited to start the work and you think, oh, you know, it's okay. I kind of know this person. And, you know, even if you do, I'd like to think you'd have enough respect for each other to lay out these terms so that it doesn't cause an issue. You know, if, if you're reluctant to to have what might feel like an uncomfortable situation, just know that laying this groundwork, it's just business. And then you'll all know where you stand. And, and I so wholeheartedly agree with, you know, just because a client's not paying someone that you might be working for, it's not your problem. <laughs> not your problem. And, I, it, no. you know, I love solos because I get it. Solos are so helpful, you know, and they are really problem solvers and they really do like to be very collaborative, but please don't take on risk. That's not yours to take on. There's enough stress in our job, Mm -hmm. quite frankly. And I think that you have to, you know, hold the bar higher. Don't, don't allow people to treat you differently just because you're a smaller agency. Because you are an agency, even if your team is one person, right. you're still an agency. You're doing all of the same types of work that they do. They just happen to be larger in size. And so I don't want people to be taken advantage of or feel like they have to accept something that's below what they would accept if they were to get the client on their own. Now, that said, there's some definite benefits to partnering with agencies. Number one, being able to work with other people and not have to do all of the strategy and brainstorming and having you know colleagues that you can get feedback from and that you can give feedback. It does make the work a lot more fun. I really don't work on any accounts by myself. Uh, on occasion, I'll take on a project, maybe a social media thing, but I enjoy the camaraderie and you know, the smarts of having somebody else be on accounts with me and and us sharing the workload. It just makes everything a lot better. You know, you can laugh with people. You can rant to each other when your clients are driving you bananas. <laughs> you can take time off or if you're having an off day, you don't have to worry about it because you're not the only person working that account and vice versa for the people on your team. I also think it's a great way to just sharpen your skill sets. Because you're working with other people. Um, But most importantly, it allows you to grow your business without adding infrastructure. It's it's such an easy way to grow. Um, Everybody has a network of people, right? And we all have those business development relationships. But you can play in other arenas by contracting with an agency 
who can get into places that you might not be able to get into. Because let's face it, there are always going to be those corporations that prefer the big name agencies or the larger shops over the small shops. So partnering with an agency allows you to work with clients that you might not be able to get on your own. That's a definite benefit. And for that agency, they get the value of having your expertise without having to add an employee. So it definitely is a win-win situation. And if you have never done it, I would say consider it because again, it's just such an easy way to scale up your business without you doing all of the work. You can do business development by partnering with an agency or two and grow exponentially faster than you would on your own. 100%. And, you know, and you're probably thinking, if you have not done this yet, you're probably thinking, well, how do I go about doing this? Well, you know, I, I know for my, in my situation, um, it's just colleagues that I've met along the way, you know, join local chapters of PRSA, or, you know, uh, here in this region, we have the Philadelphia Public Relations Association, or even chambers of commerce, you know, you might think that, oh, volunteering on this committee might be a waste of time, or should I really be spending it on business development? Guess what? That is partly business development. It may not happen straight away. It could take years. But I've gotten business that way because you're right there. You're front of mind. You've established yourself. So don't discount that. Um, you know, even to a certain extent, you know, not cold calling, you know, if there's an agency that you want to work with or that has, you know, they have clients that you would love, like you said, to get into that sector, just shoot them an email and just say, hey, just wanted to introduce myself. You know, I work in, you know, I'm in PR. We've seen a a ton of times, you know, especially with our, our PR pro colleagues of ad agencies, marketing agencies, bringing one of our solos in because they don't have that PR arm and they want to you know, access, access their talents and their time. So, you know, absolutely. And do not, you know, I know people kind of cringe at cold calling. Cold calling is really just an initial introduction, right? Obviously, you're not going to call up somebody and it's going to, you know, result in them saying, great, so glad you called right now. Let's hire you. But it's another way to start to build that relationship. Don't be afraid of that. Um, For our members, we actually have a cold calling ebook that will walk you through the steps and give you some tips on that. So take advantage of that. But I would say, you know, don't fear reaching out to agencies proactively because you will be surprised at how often they are in need of help. Um, Often two of the big areas that I see where they, you know, really could use hands-on support is media relations and writing. It's really, really difficult to find strong writers. And so if you are a strong writer and you enjoy doing that, that would be a good way in to an agency. Just reach out. Use LinkedIn to see if you're connected to somebody at an agency. Reach out and say, you know, I'm not sure if you guys have any, but, you know, wanted to let you know that I would love to chat with you, set up time to chat, you know, if you ever need extra hands to support the work that you're doing, introduce yourself and get the ball rolling. And, you know, as Chip is saying, if you get five clients via one agency, it isn't the same as five clients from separate sources. And there's a benefit to that too. So we have a client and some of you may have worked with clients that have different business units. We have gained several business units with the same client. Essentially, they're all different clients, but there's one client. 
Same with an agency. If you work with an agency and, you know, they start off with maybe a project and and then it works out well and you guys really like each other and they bring you into more stuff, you can end up with a whole roster of clients through the agency, but you have one agency client. So it makes time management a little bit easier because it's always harder. Like if you have 20 clients, your focus is split. So you are, you know, you're having a lot to do, but if you have 20 people that you serve or like, you know, but it's only through three clients, it does make life a lot easier. It makes meetings a lot easier, reporting's a lot easier. It just kind of, you know, streamlines things um, in a way that you could never imagine. Um, I would also caution though, not to put all your eggs in one basket ever. Right. You want to make sure that you're balancing out what you have from your, you know, subcontracting relationships against what you have on your own. Because if you have five clients with one agency and then they decide to hire another person and bring all that in-house or the, their clients go away, you're stuck. And if that was 50% of your income, you're going to be in trouble. Right. Right. So even while you're enjoying that work, you know, under that single umbrella, just, you know, as we always preach, 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 as I've preached it here, always have that one eye on business development, which, you know, it's just how how it is. And, you know, as as solos, you, you, you eventually get used to it because if you've done it long enough, you know, something else will roll in even when you, you know, might start to wonder, dear, I don't know what's going to happen. Something always happens. At least I can attest to that. Every every moment when I think, oh no, you know, this one's pulling back. What's going to, oh, oh, is that my phone ringing? (laughs) Yes. From somewhere you never expected. So yeah, I I think the overarching advice is always be planting those seeds because you never know. You know, some will blow away, some will get mowed out, you know, over, but some will grow and it may not be even where you expect it to come from. But we just love this idea as a means to grow your business and give you great stability and make some money, which is what we all like to do. (laughs) We like money because money is freedom. Um, and that's exactly why you hung out your shingle in the first place, because you wanted some freedom and flexibility. So make sure that you, um, are planning for that. You should have a strategic plan to enjoy that. And part of that is not having to worry about finances. I think, you know, small business owners across industries that may be one of their biggest struggles and too often they find themselves working harder, longer, but getting paid less than they did when they had jobs. And and so you don't want that as a solo and it doesn't have to be that way. So we hope that we have presented a strategy today that you can take advantage of. If you, I know that we have been in this pandemic year and some industries definitely have been hard hit, but work is available. So take advantage of all of these great sources to find that work and to partner up with other people who may be, you know, the floodgates may be opening. I, um, for my own personal network, I am hearing that everybody is so busy that they're having a hard time finding people to support the work. And so, you know, 
try tapping into some different circles and some different markets. The other advantage of working with an agency is that sometimes even if you don't have direct experience in a particular industry, which would make it hard for you to break into that industry on your own, but you have the skill sets, you can still be a part of an account and you can deliver the value, but now you're getting experience in a new area. So don't be discouraged. There's work out there. There's so many ways to do it. Reach out to some agencies, do your business development and succeed. You'll be on your way. Well, we want to thank you for spending another batch of minutes with us today. And we hope you're getting value out of this. If you are, please do share and um, subscribe. And until next time, thanks for listening to That Solo Life.